Hey folks, it's JK. Thanks for choosing to press play on another episode of the Help Me Understand podcast. Before jumping into today's episode, I wanted to give you a little bit of context. This particular episode that I did with Terrence Smith was recorded prior to some of the events that have now happened in the CrossFit space. Since the time that we recorded this particular podcast, Greg Glassman has in fact sold ownership or there's at least a pending sale uh, of ownership of CrossFit to uh, another gentleman. Uh, So some of the things that we're going to talk about might not make a ton of sense from a timeline standpoint if you're somebody who's kind of stayed tuned to what's happening in the CrossFit space. I also did want to mention that even if you're not necessarily someone who has a vested interest in CrossFit itself, I think there's still quite a bit that can be gained as far as perspective uh, that Terrence has to offer in this particular episode. So uh, I would encourage you to go in with an open mind just in learning more about not only this particular fitness modality or this particular sport, but also uh, some of the perspective that Terrence brings not only about fitness, but also just life in general. This was a conversation that was years, literally years in the making, and I'm glad that we finally took the opportunity to sit down and have this discussion. So again, thank you for choosing to press play. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. All right, folks. So here we are um, sitting here with the one and the only. Uh, I, I just told him it's one of my favorite people on the internet, and that that doesn't really do him enough justice. So I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm sitting here face to face, screen to screen, with Terrence Smith, uh, better known on Instagram as T the Trainer, and. We were trying to figure this out. We have been linked through social media since we're guessing 2013 to 14 ish, somewhere around there. Somewhere around there. Yeah, somewhere around there. We can't can't really figure it out. And I remember uh, back in the day there was this meme, and it uh, I think either you sent it to me or I sent it to you, or we ended up tagging each other, and I can't remember. And it was like something about those people that you never met in real life, but they that, are, they are. The hey Arnold, that was yeah, the hey Arnold. Yeah, 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 cool. yeah. You're just cool in social media and uh, Terrence definitely fits, fits that bill. So welcome. And I cannot tell you how much I appreciate being able to sit down and talk to you today. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate you having me on, man. It's a lot, like you said, it's long overdue. But yeah, yeah for get, real. Let's get into it. <laughs> All right, so let's jump into it. So from a context standpoint, uh, because this is a podcast, I always say it's a podcast about nothing and everything all at the same time. So what it is really about, though, is it's about gaining perspective and it's about looking at different ways, um, different perspectives that people have. And uh, specifically, what inspired me to reach out uh, to you was the current event, let's call it the current state of CrossFit and what's going on. But um, that's just maybe one piece of what I'd like to just talk about in general with fitness, uh, what's going on with with race in America today. Like there's a lot that we can chop it up about right now. So um, what I first want to start off with though, uh, especially because uh, the first way that I became familiar with you you, is... uh, 
you you posted you used to post some workouts well you still post stuff but you used to post these workouts and i would always see the whiteboard every day and i would always be super interested in what is this guy about the program today um, not only was it potentially the best handwriting i've ever seen on a whiteboard which is very difficult to do folks just so you know any any of the, the whiteboard coaches out there know it is very hard to do um, but also it was just impeccably laid out and all that stuff so i was like this this dude knows what he's doing so that being said, uh, can you talk to me, you know, introduce, introduce yourself and kind of what, what your health and fitness journey has looked like, how you got to the place that you are now being an affiliate owner uh, in Texas? Man, so, you know, obviously you can always start back at, you know, you say like high school, you know, I was a basketball player, uh, soccer player, a little, little bit of track. Um, so, you know, look at, looking at me, I was, you know, about six four, six five, the same height I am right now, about 185, 90 pounds, something like that, soaking wet with, with rocks in my pocket. So <laughs> you had you to know. throw the stats on me. Okay. Yeah, man. I didn't, okay. you know, but I didn't I didn't know anything. I didn't care about, you know, working out fitness. Like I really yeah, I really didn't, you know, if I, if I was being honest. I actually hated it. Um, you know, I hated running. I love basketball, but I hated running. So, you know, granted I played soccer, I played basketball. So in those two, you know, running in those two sports. That's pretty much all you do. Um, but, you know, after getting out of that, I played a little bit of, uh, like, club football. Uh, not football, sorry, club soccer. Um, going into college and, you know, did intramural sports and that, that kind of thing. Um, but I got into college, I started working out with my roommates of mine, but it was just, you know, it was bro stuff. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. It was just lifting, you know, yeah. upper body one day, <laughs> pseudo, you know, like acting like I was doing leg day when I really wasn't, you know, like doing cardio and I had no clue what I was doing, but I was eating whatever that, whatever I wanted to. Yeah. Every day was bench press and bicep curl day. Yeah. Right. Basically. That's, that's what I, that's basically what I did. Like, yep. that's, that's what I did. And yep. I'd say about, Maybe about thir- like thirteen years ago or so, I met uh, a guy. I was I was in sales, um, working at Verizon Wireless, and uh, I met this guy. And he was running his own little boot camp. Um, and actually, I was probably thirteen years. Probably it was before that for sure. Um, but I met this guy. He was doing his own boot camp. He asked me for a long time, "Hey man, come do my class. Come do my class." And I was like, "Eh." So I finally broke down and went and did it with because it was at five thirty a.m. And at that point, nah, I wasn't I wouldn't waking <laughs> yeah. up that early. Like it was, you know, five thirty a.m. I, I didn't want no parts of that. Um, but I finally went and went and worked out with him. I worked out with him for a while, for about a year or two, somewhere in there. And then I was looking at getting out of the uh, the sales career that I was in. And he was like, well, "Why don't you just come work for me? You know, you can train." And like I had, like I said, same thing again. I had no clue what I was doing, but I jumped into it. But I was good with people, so you know that was that was the big one. I was good with people, talk to people, you know basically if, if I didn't know what I was talking about, I could make people believe that I knew what I was talking about. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so, you know, I, I started, I started working with him. I was one of his trainers and um, I stuck with him for probably around about a good, maybe eight years or so, something, something like that, maybe a little bit longer, just training and, and learning everything. I got into CrossFit, I'd say probably about two years after I met him. Um, Cause you know, where I'm from College Station, if you've ever seen um, every second counts before, yeah, yeah. But a movie. So College Station, that's where I'm from. Um, the guys that were on there, Dutch Lowy um, and Matt Mersky, those guys are my neighbors. I actually went to school with them. Okay. Um, so I knew them from, you know, I live like right down the street from them. So I knew them. So that's how I discovered um, CrossFit. And I took, you know, CrossFit that I, I learned from those guys and I put it into the, into the gym that I was in. 
Um, I finally went and got certified. Um, and once I got my certification, the guy that I was with, we, get, we weren't affiliated, obviously. Um, right, right. But I could tell people I was I was L1 certified. Okay. Um, so I just spent that next, that whole time period there just kind of honing my skills, crafting what I was doing. I was lucky too. Um, a girl um, that worked there with me, um, she was at Texas A&M in the master's program for exercise science. So she was one of the ones that initially taught me how to program. So I knew how to write workouts, but I didn't know all of the the intricacies and how to put everything together, how to build the strength programming, how to build the conditioning, the metabolic conditioning. Like I didn't know how to do all of that. Um, So she taught me how to do that for while she was there. It was me and her. We were there for together for about a good maybe two or three years. She was super, super smart, super methodical, meticulous about everything. And that's where I learned how to, to program and, okay. and put everything together uh, was, was from her. And then I just, like I said, I just took everything from her and just kind of ran forward, forward with it. And eventually I outgrew the guy that I was with. Um, and once I left there, the next step, obviously, if, you know, if you're going to make, make it anywhere, you know, um, in the fitness business is to try to own your own place. Right. So, uh, got, got out of there, opened up my own CrossFit place and we've been open since 2016 and have been running just solid as a rock ever since. Yeah. yeah. And you've got, um, I know you've got an owner, uh, a co-owner also. Yeah. I got a co-owner. Brian, yeah, my, Brian. yeah. My co-owner, Brian Healy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. He's a, right. he's a Kansas guy. He's, he's a little, he's a little weird, but he's my guy. Though. <laughs> now, how did you guys meet? So I was the head trainer um, at the place that we were at prior to that. Okay. He came on, he moved, his wife uh, moved, him and his wife moved here and he was looking for a place to work out and train at. And he ended up coming in to the place that I was at. Um, He went to a couple of other places, but he really liked, he liked me. And there was another guy that was a a co-owner at the time initially when we opened up to as well. Um, He liked us both. So he was like, man, I can work out with these guys. I can stay here. So he ended up working out with us. And then from there, we kind of took everything and, Kind of, kind of got the idea. Uh, I tell this story all the time, but the, the idea and the way that we actually ended up opening up our gym, we were sitting down for St. Patrick's Day, out <laughs> drinking, 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 and drunk. And he looks at he looks at me. I'll never forget this. And he, he looks at me and goes, "Hey, you want to open up your own gym, or, or why haven't you?" I was like, "I don't know. I wouldn't mind doing it." He was like, "Okay." So he went home drunk and told his wife that she thought he was crazy. I came home drunk and told my girlfriend she thought I was crazy. We opened up our own gym. <laughs> that that's definitely the blueprint for uh, the 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 meeting that really yeah. solidifies things. Once you told me it was on St. Patrick's Day, I just already knew where that yeah, was. Yeah, it was over, over beers. I mean, I think that there's no other guy way than to <laughs> be, be drunk and you know talk about opening up a business and actually end up doing it and making it into something. Yeah, I mean, there there are definitely. Uh, there's definitely a, a different track that you can go down with decisions that you make on St. Patrick's day. So yeah, right. yeah. This one just turned out, <laughs> turned out a little bit better. Yeah. Right. Well, cool. Okay. So you've got that athletic background, uh, but really it sounds like we're able to put a lot of structure around it. Um, the influence in the programming coming from uh, that person that you worked with and then now moving into the business owner, the business aspect. Uh, let me ask you this. So, you know, you said that you had your CrossFit level one, and although you weren't working in an affiliate, I mean, it's something that you clearly were kind of passionate about. What initially attracted you to the CrossFit methodology? I know you mentioned the guys that you were affiliated with, but what was it about that methodology? Because there's clearly, you know, a lot of different fitness programs that are out there. And especially at that time, CrossFit wasn't 
I don't think it was necessarily the most popular thing. Yeah, no, it wasn't popular at you got all, in, at all. Yeah, you got in before it, yeah, before it, it blew up. People thought we were crazy. Um, oh, yeah. when, we, when we started doing it. Yeah, and people, and people still think you're crazy. Um, if you, if you <laughs> it. Especially now. <laughs> yes, yeah. especially yeah. now. We'll, we'll no. go there. We'll go there. Yeah, yeah. especially now. Um, but no, it was, you know what? It wasn't more, it wasn't so much as, I, was, it, I could say the methodology, but it, it was more of, I, I was always, I'm always a person that if I can't learn anything from something or nobody teaches me something, like I'm, I'm not really interested. I don't, I don't know if that makes sense. So I, I got into CrossFit because I loved like the learning part of it. You know, like I remember one of the first workouts I did, um, you know, I was, I think it had like jump rope in it, some snatch and a few other things. And I remember getting smoked. And I think mo- and most guys that have, that have done CrossFit for their first time, and you get smoked by the first, like this little tiny girl. Yeah. And you're yeah. like, what, like, what is like, what, what just happened? Like, and like, once, like, once I got smoked by this, this girl, I was like, okay, like I gotta, I gotta learn this stuff. And that, that kind of competitive edge kind of, kind of came into it. But that, that was one part of it. But at the same time, I was a trainer too. So I wanted to also learn on the, on the training side. And when you go get your L1, like they teach you how to teach. And that was like the first actual certification that I had gotten where they had taught me how to teach. So that that's where they got me hooked was like, Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That's how I teach that. Okay. That's how I teach that. And then from there, anything that I could get my hands on in, information wise articles or, you know, books, yeah. you know, websites, anything, you know, at that point it was, um, Carl Powley uh, was the guy doing all the gymnastics stuff. Um, Brian McKenzie was the guy doing all the endurance stuff. Um, uh, Kelly Starrett was doing all the mobility stuff. Those three guys, that's where I learned like the bulk of my stuff from like CrossFit wise, like putting it, putting all the information into it and starting to like apply it. Cause you know, when you start CrossFit for the first time, unless you're just a complete athlete, you're a train wreck for the most part. And you find that out really, really quickly. Like you're not, you have zero mobility. Like you don't, <laughs> you can't stretch. Like you, you don't know how to move. Like it just, you know, like, you know, you're, you're athletic, but, moving in the way that they want you to move in CrossFit, it doesn't, it doesn't translate like, like that. Like you got to learn that stuff. And that's what, that's what got me. Like I wanted to learn everything. Yeah. You, you get broken, you get broken down and humbled real, real quick. quick. I remember, yeah, I remember my first experience uh, going into a CrossFit box and it was introduced to me through, um, through my brother-in-law actually. Uh, And this was in 20, 20, yeah, this would have been 2013. Uh, yeah, I remember I had, I had we had moved to where we live now in Central Illinois, and I thought to myself, like, man, I would I'd really like to try that someday. But I just looked, you know what? I looked at the pricing, and I just was like, yeah, oh, nah, I can let me yeah. just keep going to this place because it's only 9.99 a month. But you know, maybe I can find some workouts. And but I was like, man, I know something is missing. There's probably, I'd just like to try it. And uh, my brother-in-law gifted me a uh, gift certificate because he knew yeah, the owner of the local box. Yeah, which is the way a lot of people come in, like the friend yeah. or family member. And I remember the very first class I went into, um, they did the, basically the, the trial by fire was like a, um, a seven minutes of hell, Ooh. which I cannot remember the exact Ooh. breakdown, but I believe it was... 
seven burpees, seven air squats, and maybe seven push-ups. I feel awful that I can't remember the exact thing, but I remember that um, I was thinking to myself, like, okay, I, this is going to be awful because it, it sounded like all cardio. Right. Yeah, and, I, and, and I was your typical bro. And I even remember a couple of people were like, well, you look, you know, you look pretty fit. Like you'll be able to do this. And in my head, nah. I, yeah, I was the opposite. I wasn't the dude that came in like, yeah, I've got it. I was the dude who came in, like took about 20 puffs of his inhaler before he got out of the car. <laughs> yeah, that, that was me. So I got in there. And the only thing that I remember, I was broken down. I was, I, I was gassed after seven minutes, but I remember the one thing I remembered and I remembered I put, posted this on my Facebook page when I, when I sat in the car and I said, uh, something around the workouts is one thing. The culture is a whole different thing Yeah, because yeah. I remember I was warming up with the class and we were all in a circle and they made me feel super welcome. And one person just said, Hey, um, uh, guys, look at the new guy, because that's how you're supposed to squat. And I was like, all right, I'm coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I always had some squat depth. I'm like, if I can't do anything else, at least I can squat like burpees. I thought I was about to lose my life, but yeah. So yeah, everybody's got their first CrossFit story, right? Um, okay. So you're in the CrossFit space and then you make, um, you make that non-sober decision to go yeah. into, into box ownership. Um, so talk to me, you know, let's, let's kind of fast forward here. Uh, because uh, again, as I mentioned at the beginning, uh, the, the biggest inspiration for, you know, having this conversation was I really wanted to get your perspective on what's going on um, inside of the CrossFit world. Because um, from what I understand, I know, um, in doing some research, uh, you, you've actually you were on a call with Greg Glassman, with some yeah. other affiliate owners and things like that. So for anybody who's listening, who's not familiar with the backstory and things like that, I'm not going to go like item by item with what happened, but I'll put it, I'll summarize it. Um, you can go look up all the details if you want to, but I'll just summarize it with in the midst of everything else that had been going on with um, protests across the country around the murder of George Floyd, uh, Greg Glassman, who's the CEO of CrossFit, uh, decided to put out a tweet. Uh, that particular tweet uh, was seen as disrespectful. I think it's yeah. probably a, a very fair way to put it, was seen as disrespectful. Uh, it led to a whole lot of other communication. There's some other communication behind the scenes, his communication with some other affiliate owners um, on Zoom calls and things like that. But long story short, at this point, he stepped down as CEO. Uh, you've got a quite a few CrossFit boxes that are de-affiliating, mine, mine being one of them here locally. Um, but long story short, like, let's get into that. Like, let's chop it up about that. Yeah. Um, what is, what did that kind of, what did the time frame look like for you as far as initial reaction? Um, let's back up a little bit. So let's talk about George Floyd. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what's your how did you first process that information when you, you heard about his murder? Man, you know, I still, I still haven't watched the video of it. Neither, um, neither have I. Okay. Yeah. Neither have I. Still I, can't, I, can't, video. I can't watch it. Yeah. I just, I, don't I, I can't, I can't bring myself can't to watch it. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, okay. you know, just from hearing the dialogue from people saying, you know, he was, you know, he's still, Hey, I can't breathe mm -hmm. to him, you know, 
calling for his mom. Like once, once I, once I heard that he was calling for his mom, like, you know, you, you know, you know, as, as black people, you know, when you, when you hear somebody calling for their mom, like that ain't, you know, that's, that's nothing. Yeah. Like, you know, nothing good is, 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 yeah. is coming from that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, my, from, from my side, I, anybody that, that sees that video or even not even watching the whole thing, watching a man, you know, die in front of you. Um, anybody that sees that video, like if that doesn't, if, if that doesn't move you to some sort of feelings like this isn't right or something, something's not right in this, in this world, then something, something's wrong. Um, yeah. I just, you know, and my dad's a police officer too. Um, okay. you know, so I got, I have, you know, my dad, police officer, my dad's brother, police officer, he's a retired police officer. So I grew up around nothing but police officers, you know, that's, that's who I grew up around. Okay. So, you know, the, the argument, oh, well, I know all, all, not all police officers are bad. I know that. I know that. Like, you know, you, you have to be a fool to think that all police officers are bad, but the ones that are, are good get over, get overshadowed by one bad cop. And it'll all, it'll always be that way, you know? And, you know, we've seen, we've seen this over, over the years, you know, I mean, you know, growing up, you know, just because I'm a police officer's son, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not disqualified from, from any of that stuff. You know, yeah, I've had, you're not, I've you're had, not immune to any of that. No, I'm not immune. I've had guns pulled on me before. You know, I, I've, I've experienced all, all of it, you know, so I'm, I'm not immune to, to any of it, but you know, from, from my perspective on, on the whole thing, you know, this is, we're, we're in a different period right now, man. This is just, I've never seen it. I'm 30, I'm 36, you know, so I've never, you know, seen anything like this in terms of just like a movement before. Right. Like where it's global, like everybody, like I've never, never seen anything, any, anything like it, you know? So I'm, I'm happy for it. Like, I think it's long overdue. Um, you know, I think we need, we need change and, you know, I hate that somebody had to die, um, to get that change. But, you know, in the, in the, in the bigger picture, you know, I, I think if, you know, if, 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 you know, big George Floyd was still alive, you know, up, up there, or he's looking down. I mean, I think he'd be, be happy that, you know, everybody's moving, you know, moving the ground, moving the soil the, the, the way that we are right now. Yeah. Um, well stated, first of all. So I appreciate you being open to share, you know, how you've, how you've been processing things. Um, I appreciate the fact that you also mentioned that you haven't watched the video. I've tried to, yeah. I've mentioned that to a couple of folks and I've seen the reaction from their face. Like, what do you mean you haven't watched it? And I'm like, you know, I don't, I have not, neither the time, the energy or the emotional real estate right now to try and explain yeah. to you why I don't, I don't need to watch it. It, it, ver it, it's not going to verify anything that I don't already know. I don't need right. to watch it. Like right. I, I don't need to. Um, so, but yeah, it uh, something does feel very different right now. It feels different right now uh, because you know I'm 41, so for perspective, yeah. so we're just about five years apart there. And you know, I remember Rodney King. Yeah, um, I remember the reaction to that. Um, I remember um, Michael Michael Brown. Yeah, because I used to live in the St. Louis area, and okay. now I'm just uh, I'm just three hours south of St. Louis. So yeah. I have quite a few friends and uh, my wife's got some extended family that's in the St. Louis area and whatnot. So I was very close to that situation because I have friends who live in Ferguson, um, both who are police on the police officer side <laughs> and yeah. the 
um, the the non-police officer side. So it's always very interesting to me when I'm watching situations like that because um, in my social media feed and then also just personal communication, I'll be getting both sides of what's going yeah, on. Yeah, 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 So it's yeah. Very, been very interesting to watch. I'm not sure quite what what is making this so different, but whatever it is, like I'm here for it because there's some conversations that are happening that have not happened at this sort of tone before. Yeah. So I'm very, um, I'm very, I'm very hopeful that this moves the needle forward as you, as you kind of brought up also. So hopefully this, this moves that forward. So, um, all right. I appreciate you sharing that. So you've got the George Floyd situation that's, that occurred and you then have the subsequent responses. So you have, uh, protests, you have people, uh, people and organizations that are coming out and they are clearly stating where they stand. Yeah. Uh, many, many of them are linking where they stand to black lives matter. Um, and I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not intending to get into a situation or, or get into a conversation really about that, um, yeah. but just using it as a foundation with, Hey, a lot of businesses, that's what they kind of, it, it became kind of, let's call it the measuring stick or the, the litmus test is, do you or do you not believe Black Lives Matter? So you get people posting different things. And then you get the CEO uh, who runs an organization that you you have a business that's affiliated with that organization. He comes out and you know he makes a comment that just seems completely tone deaf is the exact oh, yeah. right word. Seems yeah. completely tone deaf. Yeah. So, What's what was your initial reaction, and then also what was the conversation that started happening within your community as far as your your box after that? Yeah, man. That so when when that tweet so when that tweet came across, I'd say maybe a few hours after it popped up, I probably had ten maybe. 15 messages like, Hey, did you see this? Hey, did you see this? Did you see this? And you know, I'm like, see, did you see what? So, you know, they're like, go, go like screenshot. And I'm like, what is, what is Floyd 19? You know? So, you know, and it's just Greg Glassman, obviously the CEO. So, you know, it says Floyd 19. And I think it was sent to the national, um, national health services. I think something like that, I think is who, who, who it ended up going to. Yeah. Some sort of national health organization. They, yeah. had, post, they had posted a, um, a graphic that said racism is a health issue. Yeah. So yeah, these, and you know, I, I, I saw, I saw it. I didn't know what he meant. So from the, from the, from the jump, I just wanted to know what he meant. Um, obviously, you know, if you look at it and you assume, which I mean, now, now at this point right now, if you put something out, that's not clear, they're going to assume <laughs> like you got, you have to clearly state your, your position. And there, and, you know, I think, you know, as, as a, as a black man, I think, you know, we, we kind of know, and we're, we're used to this where you see a lot of people, they'll say, you know, uh, they'll say a whole lot of stuff, but they won't say anything at all. And they'll go right in the middle without <laughs> having to, without, without choosing the side, without saying yes, without saying no, they'll stay right in, in, in the middle and yep. just play it, play it safe. You know, so I, I looked at it and I was like, okay, I need, I need to know what he meant. So, you know, on, on Facebook, we have this group um, where it's like 50 ish, you know, um, you know, black affiliate owners. And you know, we, we chop it up a little bit here, here and there. Um, 
you know, but, you know, here recently in the past three weeks, I think there's been more activity on that thing in the past three weeks than it has been in, in the years <laughs> that it's, that has been open. Uh, yeah. Let me ask uh, you, let me ask you something real quick. Uh, yeah. In that group, out of curiosity, is there anybody who's affiliated with CrossFit HQ in that group? No, no, there's not. Yeah, no, okay. there's not. So all no. affiliate owners, no one from CrossFit HQ. Right. No, gotcha. No. Okay. Um, all right. So, you know, that, that, that happened and I wanted to know what he meant. So the activity on that, on that group, like you start, like it went, it went really quick. Like everybody, everybody started, you know, talking. Uh, so we were all trying to figure out what he, what he meant. And he, we, we got this thing. So one of the girls that that's on there has um, affiliation or has ties with one of the guys that is at, at CrossFit HQ. Um, one of the few black men that's in the, at, the, at HQ. Um, so she got in contact with him. He got in contact with Greg and we basically want to sit down and have a, a zoom call with him to see what he meant. You know, why, why he said it, you know, that, that yeah. kind of thing, you know, so, yeah. you know, so that went, I think that happened Saturday. So Sunday evening, we had the, we had the call, the call with him. So, you know, we were all on 100 when we got on there with each other, like, he ain't gonna be on this call. Like, we were all on there, like, we're just gonna talk to each other. Like, we'll, we'll, we'll hash this out. We'll, we'll talk to each other. And we got on the call and initially he wasn't gonna be on there. Like the guy that, um, that, uh, that organized the force, he was like, yeah, he's not gonna be on here. And then I say maybe five minutes later, he pops up on there in the, in the corner. So we are like, oh, so everybody's like, okay, here he goes. So from there, that call was two hours. I say about an hour and 55 minutes of it was them just whip, whipping him the entire hour and 55 minutes. And he, he talked, he, he talked a little bit, but he listened more than he talked. So, okay. you know, we asked him like, you know, like, hey, what'd you mean? What were you saying? What, what did you mean? Where were you going with this? So what he said was, was that looking at the national health, you know, services, the people that he was talking to and in context, in context, the guy, so Chuck Carswell is a gentleman um, that works at HQ, black gentleman works at HQ. Is it, Terrence, is it bad that I assume that's exactly who you were talking about? Because there's, he, he might be the one person that I've ever seen at CrossFit mm -hmm. HQ. I've heard of him too. I, I think there's maybe three or four black okay. people that work at HQ. He's okay. the, he's the one of the only ones that I've heard of too. Like I've never heard yeah, of any, okay. any of the other ones. Well, um, in, our, in all fairness though, why he sticks out also is his, his knowledge. Yeah. Yeah. That man, oh yeah. That man oh is yeah. Legendary. For yeah. His knowledge. Oh yeah. So yeah. Sorry. I, yeah. I need to stop interrupting. Yeah. Yourself. No, no, you go. Yeah. And I've, I've heard nothing but good about, about him. Yeah. Um, okay. but basically what, he what he what Chuck and Chuck kind of broke this down after we got off of the call. He broke this down. He said, All right, y'all, listen. Greg was off of the call. We told Greg, you know, hey, we want an apology from you. You know, we want you to think about resigning. Those two things were the things that we wanted. If I saw those two things happen, like I I could I could work with everything else. But okay. Chuck, he he said, All right, everybody, listen, let me get y'all attention. So he said, Greg Glassman, this is the same guy that's gone to court to fight big pharmaceutical companies. Uh, big soda companies, um, you know, national sports institutes, um, you know, all, all these people. He's gone to court to fight all these people. Yeah. And, you know, he he says some off the cuff things. Like, if you've been around CrossFit long enough, you've you've heard him yeah. him talk. He yeah, has no, no one is shocked. No, no he one has is shocked. Zero zero filter. Zero <laughs> filter. He's he's a he's a prototypical CEO. He says what he wants. He does what he wants. 
if he doesn't want to do something, you know, he's he's going to tell you to go, you know, go do you know what. Like yep. that's that's what he does. So one hundred percent. Yeah. So that was Chuck was like, first off, him getting on this call when he usually tells people to do you know what, that was a big deal. Which I was like, okay, he's got a point there. But he said when he said it or when he put it, he said I didn't know what he meant. I had to stop myself for a second. I looked at the Greg that I know, and I looked at what he said. So what I took from what he said was, is that the same people that basically botched the response to COVID-19 are the same people that are trying to tell everybody and explain to everybody how they should beat out racism. Right. So that's why he put Floyd and 19 together. Okay. Was was because that he's like the same people that that botched this whole response and got this country in the same situation that we're currently in right now. So trying to tell us how to context. Yes, trying to tell us how to beat out racism. Now, okay. is it insensitive? Yes. Tone deaf. <laughs> we already said this. Yes. Yes. But I, I, I don't think the man is racist. Um, I, you know, I, I think I've seen enough. I think most of us have seen enough to where we don't think he's racist. Now, some other stuff has come out about you know him being misogynistic as well. Right. Um, which, if you if you've read that, which that that also does not surprise me. So, you know, that's just kind of adding on, on onto the top onto the top of it. But <laughs> right now, putting Floyd 19 up, regardless of what you meant, it ain't gonna go over well, boss. Yeah. And it, it didn't go over <laughs> well at all at all. So once once he explained what he meant to me, like I didn't I didn't I won't say that like I I, I made I thought it was okay, but I to a certain extent felt better because I knew what he meant. Like he didn't mean it. Gotcha. In, a, in a hurtful, in a hurtful, you know, spiteful, mean way, you know, especially toward the black, the black community, you know, when he, and he got on and said, he's like, I was like, I love all y'all. Like, I'll, I'll be honest with y'all. I love all y'all. I appreciate y'all. Like my business, you know, CrossFit wouldn't be what it is, you know, w- without you guys, you know, but you can imagine, you know, you get on a call with 50 black people, like it's, you know, you go, <laughs> you go, you're going to catch some sort of fade from somebody, you know, on, on a call, like you, you can't get on a call with 50 black people and expect it to go well. I mean, we had to put, we had to put everybody on mute because, you know, everybody, everybody was going off on him and, you know, he took it like a man. So, you know, from there I was like, okay, you know, if, let's see what he does. You know, I wanted, I wanted to wait and see what he did. Um, some of the other owners were like, no, nah, I'm out, you know, which, you know, I respect oh, all those people, all those guys that are in that group with us. We don't all see, Eye to eye, but when it boils down to it, we all have have each other's backs. Um, but from there, you know, we got off that call with him two hours later. He put up an apology. Forty eight hours later, he resigned. So that was the two things that I wanted to see happen. Those two things happened. So gotcha. th- this okay. is where we're at now. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, that was that. That was a great breakdown uh, from really from the inside. Uh, yeah. Because you were there face to face and and in in that moment, um, and I really appreciate your perspective because um, I look at it as a perspective where you have the opportunity to make a decision based on emotion. However, you have a you have a business to consider. Yeah, and exactly. It's about uh, it's about for you what you feel like is the best way to move forward um, with that. So, uh, would you say? How would you how would you say that your box the feedback has been from your box members about the decision because you you've decided not to disaffiliate correct 
Correct. Was still okay. Yeah. So, um, are you able to share, you know, what some of the feedback has been around? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Was I it like, a, hey, yeah. whatever you guys decide, we're good, or you know? Yeah, I, you know. So we made sure. So, you know, I there's one, I think there's probably about maybe six or seven boxes in the town that I'm in. Okay. Um, I got a couple of phone calls from you know two of the two of the owners, you know, wanting to know my my perspective on it. You know, I'm in a I'm in a different position than, you know, there's 15,000 CrossFit gyms. Grant, I think like 2,000 of those are uh, like dropped out now. Yeah. Um, so just the, even say 13,000, that's still a lot. Um, but, you know, I had, you know, those two people call me, want to talk to me, want to get my perspective because, you know, as one of, I mean, I think we're up to like in that group, we're up to like maybe 75 or so black affiliate owners out of 13,000 gyms. So it's a small amount of people that actually, yeah, that, that are black that actually own, own gyms. Correct. So, yeah. you know, I, I have a, a completely different perspective than they're going to be able to get from any, from anywhere else, you know? So especially here in this town, cause I mean, this, you know, it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm a minority to the, to the umpteenth in, in, in this town that I'm in, you know? Right. So right. It, you know, they, I, they called me, I spoke to them, you know, I gave them, you know, my perspective. Uh, on what what I thought. And one of them told me, you know, she was like, man, she's like, T, I looked around my gym. She was like, I saw nobody of color. And like, she was like, I felt ashamed of it. And I was like, well, I mean, you know, granted this town is one of them. And, you know, I know, you know, too, like there's some other underlying things that kind of go about it. And you kind of touched on it earlier, you know, price being one and, you know, a few other things in terms of, mm-hmm. you know, how CrossFit is is looked at from, from the outside. But, you know, I... All of the members that I that have spoken to me or that have made it known to me how they feel, it's all been good good feedback. Um, you know, even some of the other 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 boxes. You know, some of the people from the other boxes, like man, T, I appreciate the stance that you guys took on everything. Is what I what I did. But like I said, we recorded a video kind of explaining how how we we what we wanted to do everything. And basically, when I spoke, I said, you know, because if you're affiliated with a gym, okay, you're paying so much money to to be affiliated with the gym dropping out or backing out of being affiliated or, or even, you know, if you plan to not renew, that's fine too. But doing, doing that does absolutely zero for the black community. Nothing. You can unaffiliate, you can drop out, but what are you doing for the black community? That, that is, that is the big thing. If you drop out because if you drop out of your affiliation, Unless you're a black affiliate owner, like it's going to be looked at as okay, you dropped out, but why? What are what are you what are you doing? You know, it, it, you know, if you don't agree with what he said, okay, that's cool. I don't agree with what he said either, but backing out when you have absolutely no plans to help people of uh, you know black or brown descent is is, uh, is it does absolutely nothing for for you. You know, so why don't you just stay affiliated? You know, you can put out that you don't agree but you're going to stay affiliated, you know, from there. But, you know, my big thing was, was okay, we're going to stay affiliated. I, the two changes that I wanted to see were done, were made. And then from there, it's on CrossFit to make other changes going forward. And then we can see, you know, and we can make our, make our stance known as time progresses forward. Because right now, you know, it's been what I think, I think, he, I think Castro has been in for what, like a week now? Uh, about a, like yeah, it's been, it's been a, about a week and I, who knows what's going to happen in the next hour to the next hour, but it, yeah. I think it's been about a week. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been about a week. So oh, a week and and, the, and if, if you know, anybody knows like a week when you're in, in a business 
or when you're making major changes in a business is this, that's like, that's like 30 seconds. Yeah. Like that, that you can't make major changes and the problems that are going on right now in this country are major, 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 major problems. So we can't expect those changes to be made overnight. Like I said, the, the, I saw the two big ones that I wanted, which is him apologizing, putting that out, and then him, you know, resigning. So now, okay, CrossFit, balls in your court. What are you going to do to make this right and make these changes and make things different than what they currently are for black and brown people in this country? I, I can't tell you how much I really appreciate your perspective because it is not what this is. This is exactly why I wanted to have this conversation because it's not one that I had thought about. Uh, so is it fair for me to paraphrase? Cause I want to make sure I have a clear understanding of, yeah. of the, the way that you're looking at it. Is it fair for me? If somebody were to say, Hey, uh, you, you talked to T what, why did they decide not to disaffiliate? I want to make sure that it would be fair for me to repeat it as, uh, there were certain things that he initially wanted to see or that, you know, he and his partner wanted to see. They saw those things initially. What they're looking at is a long-term strategy of we can do more good or we can have a, a more profound effect if we're still on the inside to be able yes. to actually affect the change. Uh, our voice might be louder if we're actually still on the inside and still have that connection, that affiliation. Just yeah. in a, not trying to put words in your mouth. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yes, yeah. summarize it. Yeah, if you take, if you, so you know, basically, we can do. Or we feel like we can do more from the inside than we can from the outside looking in. Because if you're if you're not affiliated, they're like CrossFit's like, well, you're not affiliated. What are you trying to? What What do you want? You know, from the outside looking in. You know, you can say what you want to all day, but you know, they don't. What are they going to listen to you for? Like, you know, you're not affiliated. You don't have any kind of ties to CrossFit, so. But we, we don't got to listen to you. But if you're on the inside yeah. of everything, then you can change. You know, you can try to make changes from the inside. And what and what a lot of people aren't aren't thinking about too, especially when it comes to comes to CrossFit. You have you know thirteen thousand gyms, or say let's say fifteen thousand gyms. You have all these gyms around fifteen thousand some odd gyms. Right? If you unaffiliate from your gym, basically once once your affiliation runs up, your CrossFit level one or two or three. Yeah. It's done. That's gone too. It's gone. So, you know, it's what a thousand, it's a thousand dollars to get your L1 thousand to get your L2. I think it's a thousand or something maybe like that to get your L3. If your, if your gym drops, say you just like, say maybe like four weeks ago, you got your L3. This happens and your gym drops their affiliation after you spent all this money and all this, all this hard time to get your L3. If they drop their affiliation, you're like, man, what did I spend all this money for getting this L3 and y'all are dropping your affiliation? Like you just, yeah. like, okay. you know, I set this up as my career. So what am I, what am I going to do with this L3? It's basically null, null and void now. So once the affiliation is over with, what am I going to do? You know, so and then you have to look at it from a standpoint of, okay, we unaffiliate. Okay, we got we're going to take CrossFit out of our name. You know, you sign up on the building. You got to change, change paper, change stuff with your insurance. You got to change, you know, your branding. You got to change all this stuff. So from, from my side, I mean, if we were to do it, if we were to drive right now, we could change it all and we would be comfortable. But, you know, I don't know about how, how all these other gyms are, but, you know, I don't know if they have, you know, a bulk of money just kind of sitting around. 
you know, like, I mean, you know, I mean, we got, we have a good amount of money sitting, sitting around because we've kind of, you know, we've had some time in and we built up and we came in with, with a lot of money, but you know, there was, like I said, there was kind of some, there was some talks going around about people, you know, all the affiliate gyms wanting to buy CrossFit, you know, right, from, from right. Greg Glassman and yeah. say, Oh, well, you know, $5,000, you know, you put that in like, how many gyms, you know, got $5,000 just kind of sitting around to uh, just throw at him. Uh, yeah, especially after everybody has gone through some form of shutdown. Like yeah. Zoom classes don't bring in the same amount of revenue, like PS. Uh, not, at, not at all. I, and you've got some, yeah, just in some conversations that I've had in my circles, you've got some gyms that were already in the red. Yep. And then the shutdown, like that, that's just it. Like they're just yeah. done. So that is, that's an interesting consideration. Again, this is why I like having these conversations because it brings a perspective that I, I don't necessarily have. All right. So yeah, there's and, a, and some people oh, may have, ahead. yeah. And some people may have gotten, may have gotten loans, you know, the, the PPP loans. Some people may have gotten those loans, but at the same time, there was a lot of businesses that didn't get it too. Right. So, you know, what, what position are they going to be sitting in, you know, once, you know, everything, everything opens, opens back up. You know, so it's, it's all, it's all things you have to kind of, kind of consider, you know? Yeah. So it, in your, uh, if you're able to share this, so what's your opinion of, of, um, say somebody like a, you know, you've got like a Ben Bergeron who's decided that he's pursuing disaffiliation and this isn't mm -hmm. like a, you know, a bash or, or some yeah, work, yeah. sort of thing. Um, it's, I'm asking your perspective as a, as a, a someone who did decide to, to, continue affiliation right now. Uh, I know Bergeron has chosen to pursue disaffiliation. Um, I believe Rich Froning, same thing. Yeah. Um, and those are, I think it's fair to say from a, uh, from a public platform standpoint, those might be the two heaviest hitters in the game. Yeah. Uh, from a coach and an athlete and affiliate owner standpoint. Um, do you, I mean, how did, how do you take that or how much does, does that factor into how you guys process the information also? Cause you obviously have two dudes who are the, it's fair to say they've been the face of CrossFit in some way, shape or form for a few years, Yeah, or, yeah. you know, you know, I think from, from, from those, those guys, um, I don't want to say they're in a weird, a weird spot, but at the end of the day with them, they're still profiting off of CrossFit, even if they, you know, un unaffiliate or right? they, they like uh, remove their affiliation, like true, they're still profiting true. off of CrossFit. So, you know, all these, you know, and I don't, I don't want to be disrespectful, you know, yeah. to all these, all these athletes, you know, because, you know, they, they do, they work their butts off, you know, to, to get where they're at. But it, honestly, a lot of it could be solved with them. If they said, I won't even say solve, but a lot of the stuff that they're saying, like they don't really have to say, you know, like I said, kind of earlier when I said they say a whole lot, they don't say a lot, but they stay kind of right in the middle. Right. All they have to th is three, three letters that they need to, that they, uh, that they have to put up and everybody knows what their stance is. Black lives matter. If they put those three letters up and say, you know, say that, it's all like, okay, cool. We, we know where, where you stand, you know, to the Fronings, to the Frasers, you know, to the Catrins, you know, to the Bergerons, you know, right. all, all of them. If all they, if they say three, those three letters, that, that would solve it. And it's the same thing for CrossFit right now too, because CrossFit won't like, they, <laughs> they said a whole lot too, 
but they still have yet to say those three letters. And I, we found out, um, when was it? We did, um, we did a call, um, last week on Saturday, Saturday with, uh, Pat Barber, myself, and I think maybe like 10 or maybe 15 of the, uh, affiliate owners. We did a call oh, with man. Pat Barber. The OGs yeah. of the, the OG of the OGs. Yeah. Wow. So okay. we got, we got on a call with Pat Barber and Pat Barber is, is like, I've never actually, so he's my, my, my co-owner. He speaks to Pat a lot. Like when he, before he took his L3, like he talked to Pat a lot and he's become good friends with Pat over, over time. And I've never, I've never actually spoken to him until, you know, we kind of, he was like, well, he's like, Hey, can you get, you know, some of the affiliate owners on a call? Like, I want to talk to you guys. So we got on a call Saturday and we spoke to, we spoke to him and, you know, he was telling us all, all this stuff. Like he didn't, he, he, he didn't, he didn't tell any say job names or anything like that, but come to find out that long, I don't know if you saw, but that long, like apology that mm -hmm. came, came from CrossFit. Yeah. That was written by one of the black guys on uh, the, on HQ's team. Really? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the look that you have on your face right now, <laughs> that was a look on everybody's face whenever we were on that call and look at, looking at each other like from the side, like, wait, what? Like that was wrote, I think you said there's four black guys that are on that team, the, the HQ staff team. It was written by one of the black guys that was on, that's on that team. And we're all looking at each other like, wait, <laughs> what? And he didn't put Black Lives Matter on there? Like what? Oh boy. <laughs> What's yeah? What's what's going on? And okay. Yeah, and and that's and that's how we were we were all kind of looking at each other like, man, like what's so hard about you know saying those 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 three letters? I mean, we just I, and I understand why they don't want to do it because they don't want to alienate you know one one side of it. But you know, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you've had this conversation with many people. Just because you say Black Lives Matter does not mean you're not saying that all lives matter. Like we know that all 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 lives matter. Like, but this right now is the current you know climate that we're in right now, and this is what needs the attention. You know, uh, who was it? I, I saw somebody the other day that said, you know, when the two when the twin towers got knocked down, you know, you didn't hear anybody saying all buildings matter. You know, or what about the buildings that were all around it? Like when the Twin Towers got down, like it was the, you know, it was the Twin Towers, the World Trade Centers. Like that's what we were talking about. We weren't talking about all buildings matter. Like right. we know all buildings matter because there was all kind of buildings around the World Trade Center. Like I, I know that I've been on, I was on top of the World Trade Centers before, you know, before all that stuff happened. So I know there's all kind of buildings around it. But the, the current climate right now, you know, it's just those, those three letters will solve a lot, a lot of stuff, a lot of flack that you're going to get, you know, and yeah. Don't make your point, or you, if you don't make your stance known, then people are just going to assume that you're on the the side that that's not good. Yeah, and that is, man, that is that is so true. And uh, I think you have people are processing things the way that they probably process any situation, but I think it's just more exposed right now. Are you putting more? Uh, when I say you, I mean, I, I think that what it comes down to is you have a few different camps and um, a couple of those camps are, hey, either you are, I I'm going to put stock in what you do in the next, you know, 30 days versus yeah. um, I'm more in the camp of I'm putting more stock in what you do over the next 30 months. Yeah, like that's, that's just, uh, that's how I, that's how I train people. 
Um, I'm not a, you know, 30 days and you get these X, X amount of results sort of guy. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. building long-term like that's just how I, so that's how I judge things also. Um, so that, that's the way that I, I just process it. But there's, there's quite a few folks that are just like, listen, if you haven't done this, like if you didn't, um, if you didn't post the black square on yeah. Instagram, then what does that mean? If you didn't, if you don't say black lives matter, what does that mean? And different things like that. So I'm, I'm certainly, I'm not in the, well, you were right or wrong for posting or not posting. Yeah. I'm in the, like I came up with the name of this podcast based on how I process stuff. I'm in the, well, help me understand when, when you hear me say black lives matter, what are you, what are you hearing me say? Yeah. Cause yeah. we can, we can yell all lives matter and black, black lives matter at each other all day long. But at some point, if you actually want to get, a sustainable change or some seek some sort of understanding, it helps to stop yelling for a minute and just ask like, okay, so when you hear me say black lives matter, what do you, what do you hear me saying? Like other than the three words, what do you hear me saying? And then that's where the, I think that's where the change begins to happen because this is a systemic thing. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Oh, yeah. the, and that's where I think CrossFit is right now. Um, it's not just the, the tweet, it is the fact that this is a link to some systemic things that have been an issue for quite a while. And you, you even referenced, you know, some of the stuff that's now starting to come out. Um, and that, you know, I, I know, I'm assuming you probably listened to uh, Andy Stump's yeah, I did. podcast. Yeah, yeah I so Cleared Hot. I, I actually listened to Cleared Hot for a while. Um, and that one took a turn that I was not expecting yeah, because was, he yeah. has never... Um, and I mean, you can tell he's a team's guy because he's always been like support the cause. Like, yeah, dude. yeah. But man, that that mm -hmm. I forward it to a couple of friends of mine who have nothing to do with the CrossFit space. And I just said this right here, like this is how you own up like this oh, right yeah. here, man, like whether you agree with with what was happening or not happening, that is a lesson right there in I realized that. I was complicit in a particular culture. Now it is really like he definitely put all the chips on the table. Was oh, like, okay, yeah, just all in. Yeah, he went all in. Like, and at the end when he said, I'm, "I'll burn it, I'll burn this mother down," it was like, oh god. Yeah, yeah. He, ain't, yeah. he ain't playing. Right, he's yeah. not playing. I mean, there was no show outro, no nothing. That was nope. that was yeah. That that was as we say, that was bars right there. Like just yeah. boom. And you know, I think too, you know, a lot of a, a lot of you know a lot of my, my white friends and just, you know, in general, a lot of white people are, are even just scared to speak up, you know, I mean, I have, so, you know, my, I have, you know, four, my four best friends, you know, uh, one of them, um, he lives, he lives in Arkansas, black guy. Um, the other three are, are white. Uh, my, um, my buddy that lives in, in Midland, he's probably like the whitest white man on, on planet earth. You know, I tell people that all the time, him, him and his wife is the whitest white woman on, on planet earth. You know, he's just a, a pull your teeth out dentist. And, you know, like that's, that's just, you know, and, but he's, that's, that's my boy though, but he's one of the few guys that, you know, coming, coming through grade school, you know, I, I knew him, I've known him since fifth grade, but coming through grade school, like once we started really hanging out a lot, like he was one of the few people and actually I could probably put, you know, just probably, it was probably just him that actually hung around me and my entire family mm -hmm. hung around me and the entire basketball team. So Whenever he went somewhere with me, he was the minority. So uh, okay. he got, yeah, he got an understanding of what it was like to be, you know, the minority and saw some of the things that, you know, as a 16, 17, 18, you know, 20 some, some, some year old kid, 
growing growing up black what it what it was like. So he saw firsthand some of some of the things that that happened to me. So I know he's one of the guys that that understands, you know. So I've never, you know, I've never I never said anything to him. You know, when I when I did talk to him, he was like, he's like, T man, it's like this stuff sucks. He's like, dude, I know, I know what it's all about. I was like, dude, you don't even have to say anything to me. I know what I know what you I know what you're gonna say. I know, I know what you're like, bro. You don't even have to say anything. But the uh, my other the other two, um my one of my other best friends, she lives in, in Dallas. Um and then my other best friend, she's a, lives in New York. Um, but they were both, you know, they they were hesitant to say anything because they didn't want to say the wrong thing. Right. And that's what, and that's what we're, I was, I'm getting a, a lot of, you know, the people that are quiet, like most of them aren't saying something because they don't want to say the wrong, the wrong things. Like granted, there's some of them that are being quiet because obviously we know, we know how they feel and, you know, we don't, they don't, they don't need to talk because we know how they feel. Right. But you know, the ones that don't talk because they don't know how to feel, they ask me, well, what do I, what do I say? Is like, like, you know, I mean, if you don't want to say anything, you don't have to say anything. But if you do say something, you know, you know, three letters, you know, Hey, I see you. I support you like that, that, that kind of thing, you know? So, you know, it just, and they, and these two girls, you know, that are my best friends, they, both of them, you know, coming through grade school school, like, you know, they tell me flat up, like my parents wouldn't, my parents wouldn't let me hang around like black guys or they black guys. Like I couldn't get, I couldn't marry a black guy. Right. You know, just straight up, straight up tell me, but you know, and then conversely they'll say, you know, well, when I got into college, you know, and I met you, like, all you did was like smile and you're, you know, you were laughing and your, your laugh was contagious. She was, she was like, so I didn't understand. I didn't understand what they were saying. Like our, you know, as black, like this guy's not dangerous. Like what, are, like what's dangerous about him? Like, like nothing, like, you know, it's nothing, you know? So, yeah. you know, it, you know, it, I think, you know, like I said, they're scared to speak up and, you know, and I told, I told, you know, my white friends this too, that are scared to speak up. Like we would rather have you speak up and say the wrong thing so we can correct you and educate you rather than to keep it in and not say say anything at all. Yeah, because then it, nothing gets solved. Nothing, nothing nothing gets solved. You don't you don't learn, you can't teach your kids anything if you have kids. Like if you say something wrong, okay, cool. Like you said something wrong, okay, this is where you messed up. This is what this is what you need to do from here on out. Now let's now let's move forward. Let's let's learn. You know, a la Drew Brees. Oh, oh man! Yeah, yeah. I like yeah, I like <laughs> Drew Brees. Yeah, like you can you can say something, but don't think you know you ain't gonna have a whole black the whole black community coming at you if you say something wrong. Like we gonna correct you on it. You, yeah. you know that. And, and quite a few people have pointed out with with the Drew Brees example, uh, it, it he really is an example of you you can have been around black people your entire life. Like yeah. that dude that dude has been in locker rooms probably since he could walk. Yeah. Uh, and in the sport that he's in, he has definitely been around black people. And let's not forget the way he helped uplift an entire city. Oh, yeah. New Orleans, like, yeah. Yeah. So it it goes to show you how systemic this thing is. It's just it the bias is everywhere. And it's a matter of, OK, you, you said something. All right. Well, let's address it. Like, yeah. let's let's just address it. And it's about then then the onus is back on that person with are you willing to listen? when I try to correct you or when I try to bring up, Hey, this is that thing that you said that you didn't think was a big deal. Here's why it now is a big deal. So that's what I see is different is that people are willing. 
I'm seeing a larger percentage of people that are willing to both receive that feedback and a larger percentage of people that are willing to give that feedback yeah. than before. All right. Well, last, um, last question I wanted to ask you, um, was just about what sort of suggestions do you have, um, that you feel like would help CrossFit become more of an inclusive, uh, an inclusive brand. And I'll actually tell you, um, with this particular question, I don't typically reach out to other people to get questions. Um, this one actually came from, I don't know if you're, are you familiar with, um, Joy and Claire? This is Joy and Claire, uh, the podcast. They used to be called Girls Gone Wad. Okay, I'm saying, yeah, okay, yeah, okay, that makes sense, yeah. yeah. So they've been, I mean, they've been around the space for a long time. And uh, I actually reached out to them via social media because I listened to their podcast and they're pretty influential uh, within, you know, we'll call it the female fitness community, but they started off as kind of a CrossFit podcast and they, they, they distanced themselves from that. But they even say like they were in the world for seven years. Yeah, so yeah. it's a big part of who they are. And they both, I believe they both still attend boxes and, and all that stuff. But uh, when I reached out to them, that was one of the questions that they had. And it's a question that I have too. You know, what, what do you feel like are some of the things that you, you feel like CrossFit as an organization, um, can do to try to make it more of an inclusive brand? Man, I'm, I'm, a, I'm always one of working from the, the top down. Um, if you don't have people up top that are of, of, of color, you know, of, of black and brown, of brown descent. And a funny, a funny thing too, I had somebody, so, you know, I put, I had an interview um, here in town with some, uh, with the local news uh, station about, you know, what, what, ha what happened with CrossFit. And I say, maybe like the next day I got this, this weird phone call, you know, from this number in, in Georgia. And, you know, I didn't answer it cause I was working out and it left me a long message. So, you know, I was like, okay, so, you know, I finished my workout. And the number called me again, but I was like right in the middle of something. So I didn't get to answer it. And the number left me another long message. So I, I listened to the voice messages and there's some guy that's just kind of going on rambling and rambling and rambling and, you know, asking if this is a legitimate business, you know, like just some weird questions. And I listened to the other one for like, it was like a 30 second message, kind of the same thing. So I called the guy back and, you know, he's asking if this is, if this is thought off CrossFit and like, yeah, this is, you know, this is thought off CrossFit. It's like, you know, you need to check your voicemail. I'm like, okay, can I help you with something, sir? So he's like, you know, I just watched your interview. And it's like I said, I said this number's from Georgia. He's like, I just watched the interview you did with KBTX. And, you know, I wanted to tell you I'm a business owner myself. And, you know, I wanted to let you know that it doesn't matter if you're black or brown, you know, or, or what descent you are. You know, if you're, you have to be qualified. You know, if you're not qualified, then you don't, you don't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be saying those things, you know, about being, being qualified, you know, for, for these positions, you know, if, if you're not qualified, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't see color. And he went on his field about how he was a military guy and all, all this stuff. And, you know, he, he, I think he had me on the phone for probably about five, five, maybe six minutes and just rambled. And I think I got in two words and it was like, I just want to let you know that, you know, you have to be qualified, you know, if you're going to do something, if you're, if you're going to work for somewhere. And I said, okay, sir, uh, is there anything else I can help you with? <laughs> <laughs> and I hung up the phone. So, you know, going back, you know, obviously, you know, if you're going to be in a high level position, you need to be qualified. Like that's, you know, we, we know that. <laughs> like, thank but, you for the news flash. Yeah. Sir. Thank you. For, thank that. you for that. Yeah. Thank you for the good news. Dude. Thanks yeah. for clearing, me that, clearing that up for me. <laughs> but if you're going to be in a high level position, obviously you need to be qualified. 
but you know, we know most of the time that the opportunity is not there. So, you know, for me, from the top down, you know, I think, you know, there needs to be more, more people of black and brown descent within, within those walls of, of HQ. You know, I think if, you know, if it was, you know, granted, like I said, there's four people in there. I think if there was more people in there to help with, you know, social media, I don't think CrossFit would be going through what they're currently going through with get Greg Glassman putting out what he, what he did, you know, you know, Greg Glassman being CEO, he fired the entire social media team. Yeah. You know, yeah, he fired the entire social media team, fired all these people, you know, fired the CEO, and he came back on as CEO. So, you know, th- th- there's problems. There's problems there, you know, but I think there needs to be more from the top down, you know, more people that, you know, people like me can say, oh man, like that person's up there, like that's where I want to be one day, you know, or, you know, kids like, oh man, that, you know, that's where I, that's where I want to be, that, that kind of thing, you know, and then work that from, from the top down, get it to where there's more people that look like myself, look like you you know, in the, in those walls and then continue to, to, to work down, you know, to the, to the boxes and, you know, and, and then conversely, I think CrossFit also needs to open up a little bit more dialogue from, you know, between the affiliate boxes too, as well. Cause I mean, the past three weeks, I think I've had more communication from CrossFit than I have in the entire 11 years that I've been doing it. You know? Yeah. That, that, uh, number one, I appreciate you sharing some tangible things, uh, that can definitely be done. And I wholeheartedly agree with you on a very key thing is getting more affiliate involvement. And I say this as somebody who is not like, I'm not a box owner or anything like that. I'm, I'm just a a dude who just considers himself pretty observant, has an understanding of general business ideas and things like that. So I just, I observe quite a bit. And uh, I think when we talk about being inclusive, I think at the heart of it, when you peel back the layers, whether you want to talk about it's an issue of race, or it's an issue of uh, being sexist and not respecting women, uh, whatever it may be, I think when you peel back the layers, what it comes down to is just not being inclusive of differing opinions in general. And I think that goes back to what Andy brought up on his podcast is being surrounded by a lot of yes men uh, and people that were willing to, and he even said like, he uh, he just sat back and kind of let these things happen. He was never, he, well, he said he wasn't comfortable with it, but by not speaking up, you're speaking up. So I think what has been very telling for me is what makes it difficult, what has made it difficult um, for some owners that I've talked to was not the, are my people going to quit if we disaffiliate? It was more of the business aspect. And what does that mean from an insurance standpoint? Like they were working through it logistically of, is this going to work or not work? And the and it was because they've established these culture these cultures inside their boxes that people have not aff- that people originally affiliated with CrossFit. So it was this thing that kind of the same thing I felt right after I walked out of that box for the first time. I was like, man, the culture, like this yeah. is a great culture. And then I would visit a box in Chicago, the culture. I visited a box in North Carolina, the culture. So I don't, you know, maybe I'm just blessed to always walk into boxes that have been fairly welcoming. Yeah, but I've I've been to easily over fifty boxes in the country, easily just as a drop in, uh, and I have yet to have an experience where somebody didn't welcome me. And that doesn't speak for the whole community. I'm right. just yeah. myself. Yeah. Okay, so 
I associated that for a while, I associated that with that's CrossFit. And then as I learned more about Greg Glassman, I was like, ah, I see what it is. So in my opinion, what has happened is people have realized that he's kind of on his own agenda and his own thing. And he's been very vocal about the fact that once he was able to get 100% control after that court case was settled with his ex-wife and all that stuff, once he had 100% control, you saw the direction. Right. It became like litigation after litigation um what is it nsca i think or whoever yeah, it NSCA, was that, yeah. that put out the you know the study that turned out to be falsified and then you know he's going after big sugar but i think people were willing to kind of let it roll because they were able to uh, to start separating oh this is the culture inside my box because t is my owner he's one of my owners and he's established this so that's where and they feel the connection that's the and that's the big thing that i don't i don't people think people understand also is that you may be, we might be affiliated with CrossFit, but CrossFit does runs absolutely zero inside my gym. Right. Like I can run my gym, how me and my partner, we can run our gym, how we see fit. We can do what we want. We can put out what we want, Like we can do anything we want to, even though we're playing, paying that, paying that. But you know, people think that Greg Glassman and CrossFit runs our gym. No, they don't. No, that's, that's my gym. I do what I want while I'm in there. I run how, how I want to. And Greg Glassman can't say anything. He was over here on this side doing his thing. We're, we're, we're over here. So that's, that's what people have to understand too. And I think people, once they, it gets out there, people will understand a, a little bit more in terms of what direction we're going. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that is a very good point that you bring up that many people who are not on the inside of CrossFit or even the people who who just have been in CrossFit, but haven't really paid attention to the business model behind it. He has always, I think, been very proud of, you know, pay your affiliate fees so we can make sure that we get you certified because he, right. he wanted to have a certain, you know, he, he had people that were reaching out to him with, Hey, we want to do CrossFit, but you got to have some sort of official certification for us to get funding in order for us to, you know, train our, our soldiers, our officers, whoever it may be. And he has always been fairly hands off with that stuff. Right. Uh, I think the direction that the CrossFit games went and things like that was a primo example when he became CEO and he, you know, he started disbanding and things tore, left and right. All up. He was like media department. What's a media department? Yeah. I don't care. Like, you guys do what you want. You want to like my, my uncle Bob can get a press pass and he can film it and for, for live on. And people were like, what are you doing? Yeah. But it's because he doesn't, that's not his thing. He doesn't care about it. Yeah. He, yeah, he, he wants to go after Coke and Pepsi. Like that's yep. his thing. So, all right. Well, man, uh, I know time. I need to, I need yeah, to no, you get. Let, you, let you get out <laughs> with your day. Um, so anything, uh, anything that you want to just in wrapping up, anything that you want to share, maybe um, just around uh, what you're hopeful for moving forward from this, uh, whether it be inside the box, outside the box, just, life in general what are you really uh, hopeful for uh, in the future yeah you know I'm, I'm hopeful definitely in, inside inside the box that you know things continue to um, pro progress forward um, you know I'm, I'm trying to be as forward thinking um, as, as possible you know with everything and you know trying to do my part in the gym of making you know and keeping I wouldn't say making keeping it you know a close-knit family while at the same time you know having other people feel as if, you know, they can come in, you know, and, and find a family, a gym family also, you know, I definitely, you know, I don't think we're doing anything wrong with within the gym walls. 
But, you know, with CrossFit, you know, obviously, you know, like I said, we want to definitely see some some changes, you know, and hopefully, you know, over the this, this time period, you know, to come, you know, they, they make some changes. And then, you know, outside of the gym, you know, I'm continuing to, to try to do my part, you know, meeting, you know, with um, police officers, you know, the meeting with the chief of police in both towns that are, you know, close knit and with a group of other, um, uh, you know, black business owners and, you know, black people in the community and trying to make some substantial changes, um, you know, within the, the community, you know, to improve relationships with uh, the black and, you know, uh, black, black community and with police officers, because, you know, it's been, it's just been a fractured relationship for yeah. forever, you know? So, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm lucky in a sense that, you know, the people that are sitting in there, they all look at me and they know me because my father has been a police officer for 40 years, but you know, there's some people that are in there that, you know, these police officers have no clue who they are. They have no clue who these police officers are, you know? So, you know, and, until we can, you know, have, you know, we look at them like brothers, they look at us like, you know, brothers and sisters. And, you know, we, until we can work in that manner, you know, we're just going to stay on this path that, that we're on where, you know, we have, you know, more, more George Floyds, more, you know, Breonna Taylor's, more, you know, Ahmaud Arbery. It's just going to be, you know, a cycle. And, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm sick of, you know, checking my, checking my Twitter feed and seeing, you know, somebody else getting shot in the back or, you know, somebody being hung you know, in, in this, current, this current climate. So, you know, we're, I think we're all hopeful, you know, but I think overall, once all this is said and done, I want, you know, I don't have any kids right now, but I want my nieces and my nephews, I don't want them to have to have to go through the same stuff, you know, that we're going through currently right now. Yeah, uh, well stated. I'm, I'm hopeful that at some point we're not having the same, uh, we're not having this conversation at the same level. I'm hoping yeah. that we're having the conversation at a different level. Um, I was talking to my dad about, just the current state of things. And he reminded me, he said, you know, your grandfather did the heavy work. He said, so I know that it feels, it was really, it helped me process quite a bit because he said, I know that it feels rough. Cause I told him dad, it just feels heavy right now. Like it just, you know, it's like, like when you go out in the rain and then your clothes get wet, like it just feels like you're walking around with wet clothes the whole time. And he was like, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. He's like, but here's why I'm hopeful because we're having conversations at a different level that we have ever had before. And we have a whole lot more allies than we've ever had before. And for context, my grandfather died a few, a, a, a few years ago and he died at the age of 101. So he yeah. had seen quite oh, yeah, a bit. Yeah. yeah. So he was like, listen, he did the heavy lifting. He was the one who had to drink from a separate water fountain. Yeah. So he said, I, I understand where you're coming from, but you have to continue to press on because we're now having these conversations at a different level. This this yeah. conversation is not something that you would have been able to record and then blast out on the internet. Yeah. For free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> for free. Yeah. <laughs> and people know where to find you. Yeah. You know? They were fighting for civil, they were fighting for civil rights. You know, exactly. like yeah. that's you know, that was on the low end of the spectrum. Now we're fighting for equal rights you know yeah. you know civil they just want to be like you know turn the hose off you know don't stick the yep. dogs on us you know that, exactly. that kind of thing like now we want we want to be we want to be equal you know like this yeah. I, I do find it very ironic and funny that you know in in this in this country or in this world that people have to fight to have equal rights as the person that is right next to them that's where we're at yeah yeah, yeah, well said. All right, last question. I'm going to give my two, and then I'm looking for your two because I know you are a music aficionado. Yeah, aficionado. what you got? All right, so all right. I, I want. I'll give. I'll give you my two. One album that that uh, one newer album that you're bumping, and one older one that you may have dusted off recently. So for mine, the new one, the new Run the Jewels, 
Okay. Solid. The new Run yeah. the Jewels is solid. Uh, the one I just dusted off was The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. It had oh. been forever since Ooh. I listened to that. So as, as someone who I, I respect your, your music taste, what's one new and one that we've got to dust off right now? So, and, and actually the, the new is actually, it's a tie. Okay. It's between um, Lil Baby's My Turn and Lil Uzi's uh, Eternal Take. Oh, it, man. Yeah, it's... <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, and, and, and then the one, the one that I have, that I won't even say I had to dust it off, but okay. one that I can always go to, and I know every word from start to end, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. It never oh, gets old. Yes. Okay. <laughs> never never gets old. All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. That, give these give these, you gotta give these young rappers, give them a little bit of it. Like you gotta give them a chance. Like I know you you old school too. You like me. Like I, I finally like last year, I was like, man, I need to give these young rappers a chance. Like, man, like I know I know my old stuff. My old stuff is the old like my Jay-Z, my Nas, my Tupac, right. my Biggie. Right. Like that's always gonna be consistent. Like I can always go back to them. But I, I told myself like last year I was like man I need to give these these new rappers let me give let me give them a chance and and they 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 they're growing on me like slowly slowly but surely they're 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 growing on me a lot. Man, I'm I'm trying. I you- I am trying now. My in my musical taste, just like yours, is it runs the gamut. Yeah, but man, I've I've tried. I'm I'm trying. It's it's difficult. Like it takes. Stop, stop comparing it. Stop comparing it. That's the problem. <laughs> stop. You can't. You can't compare it to you can't compare it to Tupac, Biggie, J Ho. You can't compare it. Don't 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 compare it. <laughs> you just gotta you gonna mess it up. Just take it for what it is. Okay. Like, all once right. you compare it, you mess the whole experience up once you compare it. Because it's will. not it's not even the same at all. Yeah, I'll take your advice then and and I hear you telling me, listen, just li- just listen to that for what it is. Don't compare. Because when I bring it back to the first album I ever wrote down all the words in a steno pad was Outcast, Southern Playalistic Cadillac Man. music. Ooh. And so that's what I'm thinking. And then all of a sudden, you know, when I got the baby pop on, I'm like, this is yeah. not this. It's- okay. All right. Uh, I'll, I'll try and remain somewhat open-minded. <laughs> somewhat open-minded. Run, Run the Jewels brings it, it, it gives me hope, but still, those you know those cats are a little older. Um, but Run the Jewels gives me hope that there's. There, I still gotta stuff. listen. I still have. I downloaded it like last week. I still haven't listened to it. I'm working my way. I got like four or five albums that I'm working on. I'm trying to work my okay. way through right now, and I'm listening to that's. It's on the list though. Yeah, it's if on the you, list though. Okay, if you haven't if you haven't had the gas face in a while, it'll give you the gas face from, okay. from okay. start okay. to finish. Yeah, that's, right, you get. Yeah, you the source used to do, Yeah, the source used to do five mics. I do the gas face. This will give you the gas face. Okay, all right. I'm on it then. I'm on it. <laughs> all right. Well, T, thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it. Uh, brought a, a lot of perspective and uh, really appreciate what you were able to share with me today. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, fam. Right. Anytime. All right. All right. Take care. All right. Take care. All right. Bye. All right. I just wanted to take a minute to say thank you for tuning in to today's episode of the Help Me Understand podcast. If you would like to reach out with any feedback or story around how you took action based on today's episode or any of our previous episodes, feel free to contact us directly. The direct email for the Help Me Understand podcast is helpmeunderstandpodcast.hmu at gmail.com. Again, we can be reached directly at 
helpmeunderstandpodcast.hmu at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at helpmeunderstand underscore podcast. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll talk to you later.